so um, hopefully you will have all either received or downloaded a um, copy of the newsletter. newsletter. There we are. Um, and um, so we have a couple of things to to put in the diary. Um, there's some planning for the Remembrance and Christmas services um, and also a meeting of the Mercy Synod, um, which um, past experience is always a joy. So um, there we are. Um, our meet, our uh, service today is led by Stuart Nixon and uh, there will be a prayer room afterwards. Now there are no, there's nobody actually in the church building this morning. Um, but uh, if you're not um, speaking, then can you make sure that you're on mute? Um, otherwise, apart from right at the end when chaos um, reigns and we all say the grace together. So, uh, without further ado, I shall hand over to Stuart. Good morning. morning. And it's good to be here for the Harvest Festival. Uh, Today we're going to be thinking about uh, things that we can be thankful for, to say thank you for. Uh, First of all, we're going to start off our worship with a a psalm. And it's Psalm 65, starting at verse 9. It says, you take care of the earth and water it, making it rich and fertile. The rivers of God will not run dry. They will provide a bountiful harvest of grain, for you have ordered it so. You drench the ploughed ground with rain. (laughs) Yeah, more than enough. Melting the clods and levelling the ridges, you soften the earth with showers and bless its abundant crops. You crown the year with a bountiful harvest. Even the hard pathways overflow with abundance. The wilderness becomes a lush pasture and the hills blossom with joy. The meadows are clothed with flocks of sheep and the valleys are carpeted with grain. They all shout and sing for joy. The whole of creation shouts out its praises to God. And I guess that's uh, partly the reason we celebrate at this time of year, the gathering in of the crops and the the blessing of the food that we have. (coughs) So let's pray. Lord, as we gather, we thank you and praise you. Just as the fields and the whole of creation shouts out and sings out in joy for you. So we come today to sing sing and praise and worship you. In our hearts, we shout out with joy for all that you've done for us, all your goodness, all your wonderful uh, gifts and the love that you've poured out on us. As we come together now, may we know the presence of your Holy Spirit awakening our hearts to that joy. And as we listen now to you, to your word and to the practical outpouring of your love, Inspire us, Lord. Show us new ways of following you and new ways of praising you. We thank you, Lord, that you're a God of creation and you're the God who brings things into creation. Nothing is beyond your power, Lord, and we praise you for that. Enable us to pray, to worship 
and to honour you now. We pray in the precious name of the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And Sue and Dave are going to lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And it's over to David for birthdays. So it must be me, yes. And something that I forgot to say right at the beginning is there won't be a communion, won't be communion so you don't have to grab your Ribena and biscuits today. Uh, I think that's next week. But to the matter in hand, the birthdays. Um, now, I have uh, not a, a small keyboard, but a small dog left just here. So that makes uh, playing a keyboard very difficult. He's asleep at the moment. So you're going to have to have mild dulcet tones. So... With that on that basis, is there anybody who's prepared to admit that that they've got a birthday? Me, 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 and Dave and Vanda. And who else? Anybody else? Was that another one there? Was that Laurie um, waving her? No, no, you sure? Uh, anybody else? Helen driving, I'm sure. <laughs> When she waves both hands, that's a, that's a, that's, a, that's when it gets dangerous. Anybody else? It's two is two's enough. That's two more than we've had for that the last uh, six weeks, right? Okay then. <clears throat> so it's Vanda and Dave. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, dokie then. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Vanda. And uh, happy birthday to you. That's so much easier than playing it. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, great celebration. Um, one of the things we've been doing uh, to make this a community harvest festival is to uh, include the school, uh, Locking Stumps Primary School, in the work that we've been doing and they as always have done a, a massive collection uh, and it was a bit different this year because obviously with everything going on we had to do it outside so again we spent some time under a gazebo collecting in the goods and uh, meeting up with the children and locking stumps primary have done a message for us a harvest message so i hope we can see this um, we're trying some new technology and uh, there are a few videos to be shown in this uh, in this act of worship today. So we just uh, pray that all the uh, technology works. So here's a message about harvest from Locking Stumps Primary School. A great message. And uh, the, the the school have definitely increased our, our harvest as, as they always do. And it's been a great collection. We will see a bit later on the, the, uh, the harvest collection um, as we pray. But later on, that will come. Something else to look forward to. So, uh, first of all, uh, we're going to have our Bible readings uh, led by Steve and David Thurston. 
The first reading is from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 to 15, titled Generosity Encouraged. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you abundantly, so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor, their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies the seed to the sower and the bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion and through us your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Amen. And the second reading is from Luke chapter 12, verses 16 to 31. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, You fool, this very night of your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. Do not worry. Then Jesus said to his disciples, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They they have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life. Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wild flowers grow. 
They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you will eat or drink. Do not worry about it. For the pagan world runs after such things. And your father knows that you need them. But seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well. Amen. Thank you. You're on mute, Stuart. I am indeed on mute, so I'm not on mute now. Harvest, we come to give thanks for God's glory and his bounty and the good things he gives us. Um, I don't know if you remember, and this might show my age a little bit, but back in the late 1980s, can anybody remember that far back? Uh, There was a guy called Bobby McFerrin, and he sang a song. Does anybody know what that song was? That's a nod, excellent. Don't worry, be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Well done, Mark. Don't worry, be happy. And he wrote these words. In every life we have some trouble, but when you worry, you make it double. Don't worry, be happy. And that's quite a good uh, sort of motto for life, really. It's true that every day or throughout our lives, we will have some trouble. But actually worrying about it, worrying about the next lot of trouble we have, um, won't won't help us. It will just make it worse. Is it a bit similar to Jesus's advice in the Bible reading we had? But the difference being that Jesus says, don't worry about the food and clothes that we have. Don't worry about the material stuff that we need. He says, look at the birds. He uses these wonderful pictures of of nature. He says, look at the birds, the ravens. They're taken care of. They don't (coughs) sort of scrabble around and worry about the food. They just take it. And he says, look at the lovely flowers, beautiful flowers that are so wonderfully made, even better than all the splendor of King Solomon. The clothes, his fine clothes of a king, even better than that. Look at them. They're beautiful and they are cared for. And yet they're only here for a few few weeks, months even. And then they're thrown into the fire. Their life is sure. Even those flowers are cared for. They're given the sunlight and the water that they need to be beautiful. So God is, Jesus is saying What are we worrying about? What is it that we spend our time worrying about? And should we worry about it? Now, there are some things in our lives that we do worry about. And that's right. I guess, especially at the moment, um, a lot of people are full of fear. uh, And some of that is rightly placed. But Jesus says there are a lot of things we don't need to worry about. He says you're cared for. And 
I will provide for you. There's even a warning, because if we get so concerned, sometimes that means we we start to want to have more and more stuff. Jesus says this, storing up, amassing wealth, like the, the story of the man who built the barn, who, who said, right, well, I'm going to build a massive barn to store all my full, uh, grain that I've harvested and um, I'm going to just uh, just leave it there and I'm going to have enough forever and I'm just going to go and have a rest and make merry and, and, and I'm going to have a great time uh, and that's going to be all for <coughs> me. And Jesus, in his parable, is quite blunt. He says, well... What happens if you die tomorrow? None of that's any use to you at all. Where is your heart? What is it that consumes you? Amassing wealth will not restore your soul. In fact, it will do quite the opposite. It will make you hard against other people. It will possibly make you selfish. Now, there's nothing wrong with having some things. There's nothing wrong with living a comfortable life. But when that becomes our ultimate aim, that's when things start (coughs) to go wrong. When our whole lives are consumed by consumerism, that's when things start to go wrong. Because Jesus says, how much more are you cared for by God than those flowers and those ravens? How much more? Are you cared for? So stop worrying about that other stuff. Your father, your father in heaven knows what you need. And out of his amazing and wonderful love, he provides for us. So we've got lots of things to be thankful for. Many things. So the first thing we give thanks for is God's provision. And that's what harvest is all about. It's giving thanks, really, for what has God has provided. And it's been a, a part of faith for an awful long time. The Jews uh, in their time celebrated what was called then Pentecost. They had two harvest festivals, in fact. And, um, and, and so they've always celebrated in bringing in the grain and, uh, and harvest. And we've sort of adopted that. Uh, as church we've taken that and possibly moved it nearer to when uh, uh, western harvest is which is sort of autumn time although I think it gets earlier and earlier I think now most of the grain is brought in before the end of August but we seem to celebrate it I don't know the end of September beginning of October but it's uh, it's a time of giving thanks to God for his great provision (coughs) and we we say thank you for the planet that he's given us and the bounty that he's shown us. And it makes us think God has provided all this good stuff for us. What do we do about that? How do we say thank you for that? And perhaps it makes us more aware of our need to say thank you for God's provision every day. That often we take for granted things that are around us. We take for granted our our food that we have every day, perhaps, or the fact we have clean water or a roof over our heads or maybe some money in our pockets. Maybe we just give thanks for that because we take it for granted. 
we also have to think of those who don't have those things. And particularly the world that we live in, we have to think, what are we doing about making sure that others have the same blessings that we have, sharing what we have? So we give thanks. We give thanks for God's wonderful provision that we don't have to struggle for necessarily, but it's there given to us. The second thing we give thanks for is God's love. God loves us. That's what he does. That's all he can do. He loves his creation. We know that in John 3.16, it said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that those who believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. God so loved the world, and he still does. It isn't something that happened in the past. It's something he does today. So not only do we give thanks for God's provision, we give thanks for God's love, which is the source of that provision. Most of all, that he sent Jesus, his son, to give us life and life in all its fullness, life in abundance, wonderful life, following Jesus, knowing his love, being filled with his Holy Spirit, living out the fruit of his spirit in our lives. And so how do we stop worrying? Going back to the first question. Well, we focus on Jesus Focus on him and not the worry. Look at the promises he's made, promises to help us and not to harm us, promises to be with us in the storms of life, promises to care for us when we need him and promising that he will heal us when we need healing. And I guess perhaps maybe maybe we're getting more aware of of our need for God in a time where life is uncertain, but he has promised to be with us, to be faithful and to stand with us, even when we face some of our hardest and darkest times. But we need to focus on him, to allow Jesus to be the one who is our Lord and Saviour, to be the one that we give our lives to and live for. To set our focus on him, not on the things that we need and not on the worries of life, but to make Jesus our focus. And so we give thanks to God for his love for us. And thirdly, we give thanks by action. Our reading said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added to you. You may remember singing that at some point uh, in a song. We seek first the kingdom of God. And part of that is making action, is making the kingdom of God appear as we uh, live out our lives here in this society. Verse 12 says, the service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. So what it's saying in that passage from Corinthians is the service that we perform is not just a practical thing of giving out some food, which we, we are doing and we will do to the wonderful uh, food pantry to the, um, uh, the the room at the inn we've collected in our harvest goods but that's also an overflowing expression of our thanks to God 
and the passage goes on to say when when we do that when we make do that giving then people other people will see the love of god that our simple act of giving a tin of beans kidney beans or uh, or a packet of cereal to somebody else who needs it more than we do will show the love of god to that person but there's something in this that we don't do it with a glum face we're told that god loves a cheerful giver i have to say in my life i haven't always been a cheerful giver uh, at some point i was known as uncle scrooge by my nephews um, i was called tight and a bit mean with my money now i always called it careful but um there's something about giving away what was yours and i guess i wanted to be secure and i wanted to make sure i had enough but whenever i gave something away maybe i did it a little bit grudgingly even like a, a few pounds for a birthday or or christmas and there'd be a bit of bit of a grimace on my face i wouldn't give that cheerfully but what god's calling us to do is to say look i've given you so much i provide for you you have what you need and more so so can't you just be thankful for that and when you give to somebody else remember it's not yours in the first place it's mine so give it thankfully because this will draw people (coughs) to me so it's a lesson for me i've got to give and be cheerful about it. And that's not a forced cheerfulness, you know, giving with gritted teeth, but a sort of smile on your face. It's a joy that says this is a blessing. This is a blessing for the person that receives it, but it's also a blessing (laughs) for me. So we give cheerfully and we give practically. We see needs and there are many around us. And sometimes we think, well, a lot of the need is a long way away. And some of it is. And we'll see a video about how the church here has provided uh, for people in other countries, particularly with fresh water. But also the need is very close by. Our neighbours, the people we live next door to or a few doors down from. People that are needing more than we can give money, food, but perhaps even more importantly, our time and our care and love. Somebody once said that love is spelt T-I-M-E. The greatest thing we can give is somebody our time. Somebody will notice how much we love them by how much effort and focus we give them. So perhaps in our giving is not just about giving money and food, which is important, but it's giving of our time and our care and our love to others. And we also need to give spiritually. We think about how good Jesus' love is, how much we really appreciate being friends with Jesus, how much we want to share that with others. So we need to be able to give that. And one of the the passages says it's about sharing not only our food practically, but sharing the gospel with others. So we need to give that spiritually, not just share our time and our talents and our love and our gifts and our food, 
but sharing Jesus with others. Because that's the greatest gift we can give anybody. And perhaps at this harvest time, as we think about that, as we think about all the things that God gives us, and as we think about giving to others, maybe we could offer or pray and ask Jesus who we can offer the greatest gift of all, which is his relationship, the relationship we can have with him. Because in the end, and at the end of that passage, it says the love of Jesus is an indescribable gift. And that's what we need to give thanks for. So let's keep our focus on Jesus. Let's not worry. Let's give our lives to him. Give practically to others. And live out our lives as ways of showing the gift that Jesus has already shown us his life (laughs) in all its fullness from now on. Amen. And we're going to have a look at a couple of videos now that show how that work has practically worked out. We've seen one already, but I thought it'd be good to see it again. There's one from the room at the inn, which is uh, one of the projects that our harvest gifts are going to. And then there's another one from the food pantry. So enjoy these videos and think about how, again, we might be giving to them as we've already done. Hello, I'm Susan Blythe from Room at the Inn and the Y Project. Uh, Many have probably heard our name over the years because it's been very well supported um, by the church and um, it's sort of coming to say a thank you, but also under these challenging COVID times, give you a little bit of a mini update. Um, During COVID, um, our daytime and our night shelter had to be closed because we couldn't operate under COVID conditions. We went in the travel lodge and we had 38 people who were homeless. Um, That was an amazing experience and gave some people a real opportunity to get their lives back on track. Um, As a result of that, um, there's been, uh, now we've moved out of the hotel, but obviously those people needed places. Um, We've opened a new project called At Museum Street, which is called Room at the Inn at Museum Street. Um, And that will provide 22 places for people day and night um, to assist them in resettlement so that they can hopefully move on to their own accommodation. There's no time limit for that. and It's at the person's pace. So the team that we had here, our great team, have gone over to deliver those services. I'm here with volunteers and hoping to get another part-time worker to be able to slowly open up the daytime services, which are much needed We've got people at the moment that we're seeing at the door who are homeless, needing um, you know, needing a wash, needing hot drinks and sandwiches. So we're continuing to provide that service, albeit pretty limited. But we're hoping to watch this space and things will improve. We just don't know, but none of us know. We just have to hope and pray and do the best that we can, really, I think. Um, so that's a, a bit of a little mini update. And in terms of... Um, Rona and David had had asked us to do a little uh, bit of an update on the harvest. Each year we do share in some of your goods for harvest and if you have any to spare we would be most grateful. I've written a bit of a wish list but it doesn't matter if it's anything outside of that. We'll gratefully receive that and that will go to people who are homeless, people in the daytime service 
and we'll send some to Museum Street. So things that we need, and I've just jotted them down, are always small bottles of water, cereal bars, biscuits, cup of soups, uh, packets of noodles, tin soup of any description, tinned fruit, rice pudding, coffee, sugar, milk. Any of those would be great, but as I've said, anything else extra would be provide, you know, provided. Um, we're hoping to, um, I'm working on a newsletter, so which I'll send to David, so we can give you a bit more of a fuller update once we know where we are, which should be the end of next week. Okay, so thanks for listening. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Reverend Rebecca and I am one of the ministers that covers Birchwood. My responsibility is for the Church of the Transfiguration uh, or the Table in Birchwood. But we work with all the churches in Birchwood, Thomas Risley and Birchwood Community Church or the Encounter Centre, as you might know it. And since lockdown started, we've been working together as three churches to support our community. We've been working together particularly to support the community with food. We knew when lockdown happened that there would be people who would have uh, changes to their circumstances through absolutely no fault of their own. And as the local church, we wanted to practically help those people and our community. So that is when the Birchwood Church's food pantry was born. And here I am uh, at the place where we store our food. And, you know, it's quite special, I think, at the moment that it is stored around uh, the altar table or uh, the Lord's table. It's special because during Jesus' time on earth, he had dinner with lots of different people. He ate with all sorts of people. People who were seen to be important with high-powered jobs. People who had nothing at all. Even people who were seen to be con men. Jesus spent time with them. And as the churches in Birchwood, we want to support the whole of our community. No matter what you're going through, if your circumstances have changed or uh, the circumstances of your neighbours have changed, we want to help you. And so far, since March, we have given out about 250 food parcels. That's quite amazing, really. It's not the millions that you hear about on the news that some uh, food banks have given out. But it's really special that we have been able to help those individuals, those families who live right here in Birchwood. And we've been able to do this because of some really generous donations from Cheshire Community Foundation, from the Police and Crime Commissioner, for Cheshire, from the local churches and of course from yourselves and from the harvest donations that you will be giving uh, at this time. So a big thank you for helping 
uh, the local churches to support our community in this way. So what goes into a food parcel, if you were to uh, get in touch with one of the leaders of one of the churches or uh, message uh, one of the church Facebook groups, and then we delivered a food parcel to your door, what would you get? Well, let me uh, give you an example of uh, a few things we'd pop in uh, the bags for you. So we try and make sure that the food parcels are really uh, nutritious and well balanced, but also that they've got food in them that will last, that isn't going to go off quickly, because that helps us then uh, to have a store and be able to respond quickly to people's needs. So uh, you might get something like a jar of coffee, uh, some orange juice, which has the important uh, vitamins in there, uh, some long-life milk, uh, some sandwich paste. We also think it's important that there are a few treats in there because when life uh, gives you lemons, as the saying goes, then you need something sweet there as well. So uh, here I've got a, a, a packet of cookies. And then things like breakfast cereal, tin vegetables, cleaning products, so we've got some washing up liquid there, the bag's getting quite full, so usually people would have more than one bag full of items. Let's get some more items in there, uh, so some meat products as well, so we've got protein in there, so that's some chicken roll, uh, also a chicken and vegetable curry. Carbohydrates, so uh, pasta and rice and uh, some mashed potato in this particular food parcel. There's some tuna there as well. Uh, a jar of sauce. Of course, some tea bags to go with that coffee. We're getting quite full now. Some soap and some packets of crisps. And depending how big a household is, depends how many of those items we put in each food parcel. So a larger family will, of course, get uh, more than one of each of those items. And we do this because Jesus helped people in their time of need. And that is what we want to do as the local church and it's fantastic that we have been working together to do that so if you'd been wondering where your your offerings are going that's those are the two uh, projects that we're uh, supporting at this harvest time normally we'd have at some point during the service where we gather in all the goods and put them at the front in in a display obviously we, we can't do that but uh, david took a photo of the display and what we're going to do is show that photo and while that photo's up I'm going to say a prayer of thanks uh, for the harvest gift so we're going to do that now. So let's pray. Lord we thank you that you're the God who keeps on giving, you're the God that provides for all that we need and more. 
we thank you that your love has filled our hearts. And in as an overflow of that love, we have given and given generously. So we thank you for this food. We thank you for the provision of it. And we pray for those people that will receive it, that they will receive it as a blessing. Lord, we pray for those projects, Room at the Inn and Food Pantry, that this will help them to continue their wonderful work amongst those most in need. Lord, thank you for your goodness. And may that goodness and thankfulness be spread far and wide as these gifts go out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And another project that we've been given to uh, over the harvest period is water aid. Uh, and I believe that uh, David was saying that they, they, they've given, uh, the church has given up to 300, over 300 pounds uh, to the provision of clean water and working with uh, governments uh, to ensure that people uh, in their care get that clean and fresh water that they, they so need. So we're going to watch another short video of the work of water aid. say if you want to find out more about war trades work they've got a great uh, website with uh, lots of videos and stories on it so you can see exactly where uh, where the money goes towards uh, enabling people to have that clean fresh water we do have so much to give thanks for and so we're going to sing a song now if you're if you want to do that or just listen to it and read the words uh, a song of thanks and praise on this harvest sunday we're going to say give thanks with a grateful heart
band is going to lead us in our time of prayer. Heavenly Father, it's so important to give thanks. Lord, we give thanks for the charities that help us in our need. And this harvest time, we pray for the food pantry and the room at the inn. We pray, Lord, for those who run and manage them. May they be encouraged by our prayers and support. For those who find them their lifeline, Lord, we ask for your blessings in their lives. Heavenly Father, these are uncertain times as we hear of COVID-19 cases and hospital admissions rising. And sadly, deaths are increasing. We give thanks, Lord, for our hospital staff, our teachers, our shop workers, our council staff, delivery workers, and government as they each work towards keeping everything going. We pray, Lord, that their needs will be met. We pray for the, te the test, track and trace scheme, that with your blessings it will work well and above capacity. Heavenly Father, we pray for all suffering at the present time. Those with COVID-19, but those with other illnesses or conditions. Those with mental health illnesses. Those in poverty. Those living with abuse. Lord, may they experience relief. So now let's bring the people that we know and love to Jesus in a quiet moment. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we come to the end of our harvest celebration, we're going to sing another song of praise and thanks. It's uh, 10,000 reasons for my heart to find, to give thanks and praise to God. So let's sing again. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name. 
sing like never before. Oh my soul, I worship Your holy name. The sun comes up; it's a new day dawning. It's time to sing Your song again. Whatever may pass, and whatever. Before me, let me be singing when the evening comes. Bless the Lord, O、oh、my soul, O、oh、my soul, worship His holy. Oh, my soul. 
There's a long space.